For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. Hi, this is Krillin, and this is Usopp, and you're listening to The Geek Show! And welcome to the latest edition of The Geek Show. So whether you're listening in Japan or the UK. And it's funny I should mention that because we have got a lot of listeners in Japan. So I don't know where I'm going with this. I'll just move on. I'll move on seamlessly. Right. I am wrong. No, I don't think you should move on because we are now officially big in Japan. We are. But as you said before we started recording, are we big in Japan with people who are confused about how weird Japan is? Or are we big in Japan... We have Japanese people who think it's cute that we think Japan's weird. So many layers. I'm confused. I don't know what's yeah. going on anymore. Well, regardless of where you're listening, uh, if you do enjoy the show, subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for The Geek Show and looking for the awesome one. And uh, do follow us on social media, Facebook and Twitter. Because right now, um, from the back end of last week's show, we had the poll go up with the like, final three choices from a defender defend your choices episode as to what movie we'd like to see from superheroes who never had that chance so find that on our social media channels and without any further ado that's the business stuff let's let's get down to brass tacks yeah yeah let's get down to brass tacks and not not purple combat either yes no uh so with the brass tacks in mind who are you mysterious stranger uh, yeah, that's a good point, isn't it? I did so much. I did so much so well, and I forgot to say who I am. <laughs> well, that's a smart. You did. I'm Rob. I am Rob. Other people have names too. Yes. Oh, oh, fine. I'll introduce myself then, like some kind of common scrub. I'm Andrew. And I'm Rob. Is that what? Is that how you live your life? Have you got a person who's on your your employee? How when you go places, he just introduces you to everybody. Yes, my official announcer. Yes. And you sit in like a like a nice chair while he does it all. It, he does, but that's mainly because he took the TLC song quite literally, so he doesn't like being a scrub because he's got no time for scrubs. Referencing all this stuff at the height of its popularity there, Rob. Very well done. You know, yeah, TLC never got out of style. <laughs> <laughs> I find it hard to argue with that. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know how to follow that. They should just play their CD. Like, I assume they only have one CD. I just want you I to do your dramatic on re- a loop for the rest of the show. I just want you to do your dramatic reading of No Scrubs though, Andrew. No, you see that's the sort of thing you need somebody with classic sort of Shakespearean theatre training to sort of bring it out of, you know. Oh, Andrew does very, very well. Oh, okay. okay. Anyhow, now, aren't I? Yes, you are. No, no, you don't have to <laughs> don't give in to don't give in to Rob. It's just it's 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 father pressure. It's um yeah, it's paternal pressure. Fine, I'll just go smoke beat with the cool kids behind the bike sheds instead then. <laughs> Dad, I want to do the podcast now. Enough of this. <laughs> All right, okay, okay. Uh, if you don't understand that reference, listeners, it's a reference to the fact that, that Rob, Rob is, is hella old. I wouldn't say I'm hella old. I just did. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yes, moving on to uh, Uber, the uh, bastion of taxi drivers everywhere. Uh, not... Uber reckon they're going to have flying cabs by 2020. That's ambitious. Yeah. I mean, not the flying cabs bit, but Uber think they're going to still exist in 2020. Yes. I'm predicting a great sort of war of the taxi drivers. What do you mean, predicting? It's already happening. No, no, it's going to es- escalate, because taxi drivers and Uber drivers hate... hate well, I don't know about Uber drivers hitting taxi drivers, but taxi drivers certainly hate Ubers. Oh, they... There are already stories of uh, taxi drivers falling 
Uber drivers to come and pick them up. And then when they come along, they basically drag them out of the car, beat them up and trash the car. Oh my god. This is how Mad Max starts. <laughs> okay. Forget the flying cars. I want my future to be shiny and chrome. I know people like referencing that a lot, but isn't that basically them like, dying horribly? Like yes. they spray the, the mouths with shiny and chrome, but yep. then they die horribly usually with the head getting squashed under the wheel of a mighty car. Yes. See, that, Rob, that kind of thinking is why you are only mediocre. Oh, you're so cruel. <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, Uber, if you haven't ever had them, because, you know, some people haven't, it's just basically uh, taxi drivers on demand. Yes. Use an app and a turn up. And not all of them are serial killers. Some of them are actually really pe- real people. Some of them are quite nice people, even. You know what the amazing thing is? It's because I'm not on BBC on like a major production that's watched by millions of people. I can say stuff like that and I don't get fired and forced to go on Amazon Prime. <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> I can say that stuff. You wait until you punch Ryan in the face. Then we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll punch Ryan in the face because he gives me a cold sandwich. You're damn right I would. <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah, but... It, it, I don't think Uber's going to exist because like, there's all these sort of employment tribunals that are going through. Taxi drivers hate them. And I think it was just one of these sort of apps which was really, really popular for like a brief window of time. It was like, oh, this is cool and new. And then the shine, the chromey and shiny has very much worn off. Well, I'm curious what they classify as a flying taxi or a flying cab. Oh, is it? Have they been really sort of aggressive in their war against the taxi drivers and they're going to sort of do, you know, kamikaze Uber trips. What, just uh, there's ramps being built everywhere and the Uber drivers just drive off the ramp? It's going to be like micro-machines. I was thinking more taxi cab trebuchet. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely a flying cab. Um, No, what they're... That's the thing. Say fly. Yeah. You don't have to fly for long. What they reckon, they Uber, right? Uber's not working with flight companies, right? Uber's working with uh, companies like Embraer and Bell Helicopters to develop an electric flying vehicle that will then be tested in Dallas and Dubai. Supposedly, the sky cabs will take off vertically like heli- helicopters, give out zero emissions, and be delightfully quiet. Is this an existing mode of transport? Are they proposing a new one entirely? They're proposing a new one entirely that would revolutionise the entire transport industry um, and is basically... Uh, it's vertical takeoff and landing and super quiet, energy efficient. It's basically a complete revolution in terms of uh, personal transport. Oh, good. And, and every one of them will have a cotton candy dispenser built in as well, because why not? You say if I'm going ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. If you're going ridiculous, why don't you just do what they did in Futurama and have huge pipes going everywhere? Yeah. I much I much prefer that. Oh, that one back the card advert where there's just like a water slide connecting to the office. Yeah. Well, do you know how many people think you know Elon Musk was talking about this hyperloop thing? Do you know how many people thought the those tubes in the Jetsons were the hyperloop? Uh, my re- knowledge of the Jetsons is kind of hazy, Rob. No, the, the, tra- the people transport tubes, they use them in Futurama as well. You get in, you basically get shunted off somewhere and you get out where you want to, where you need to go. You're not allowed to use the word shunted, Rob. You established this on literary loitering. <laughs> also on the Geek Show podcast network. <laughs> Oof, that, was, that was some good advertising there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In the episode, Mutton Chunters Dressed as Lamb, I think it was called, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. everybody's listened to the, listened to that episode now, and everybody's using the term mutton shunters. He's, he's, he's overusing the word everybody again. But <laughs> hey, Tucky used it on keyframe to describe someone. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, but this is this is more far like new tra- modes of transport because, like this, uh, um, the carriage saved the horse, the car saved the carriage, and everything saves like the previous iteration of what came before. And cars have been playing fast and loose. You know, for a long time. I think it's something to sort of shake up the system a little bit. I don't know whether sort of aerial travel is the thing because, you know, it gets a bit messy up there when you get like uh, drones making air travel kind of horrible. I like the way but you said thing drones. In there, huh? yeah. I like the way your first part of call was drones and not other things that are in the air like birds. 
Well, birds have evolved to know what they're doing. This is true. Well, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I, I, I deny your supposition there. I have been, I have had pigeons flying at my head. They haven't evolved to know what they're doing. Yeah, but pigeons are special. Pigeons don't care. Pigeons are punk as hell. They're just saying, I don't care that your face is there. I want to go there. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Pigeons are punk. <laughs> I see, I see pigeons more as like the bourgeois. Like they just they feed off the poor and do whatever the hell they want. Oh my god, so that's what think that's my nest. <laughs> that is that is actually a remarkably accurate description of pigeons. Yeah, you've trumped me there. Yeah. Bourgeois Touché. pigeons. Touche, Andrew, touche. Now we just need to start some kind of workers' revolution against them. <laughs> what, the sparrows? Honest hard working sparrows. Yes. Rise up and fight the oppressive pigeons, because they are. Have you seen them when you feed the when, when you see somebody feeding bread to the pigeons? Right, a sp- the odd sparrow will turn up, and the pigeons just gang up on them and kick kick them out of the way. I think the long way we around to what we're saying here is new forms of transport are good, but think about it first. And also, we need to teach sparrows how to sing all the songs from Les Mis. Yeah, and also Uber, if you're going to make claims like you know these claims about sky cabs then, you know, at least make sure that people who are a bit more tech-savvy aren't going to come out and say, you're going to do what? So you're going to develop this technology to make this happen, technology that not even, like, DARPA or NASA have. Mm. I'm sure if they had vertical takeoff and landing capability for a small vehicle and it was ultra-quiet and energy-efficient... Don't you think the military would, you know, all over the world, there'd be military complexes all over the world wanting a piece of that technology? How would you know the military don't already have that? Maybe they do. They can be very quiet when they want to be the military. True. It's just when you've got a mad idiot with a crazy head, they were at the, at the front of the country, that's when the military is a bit nutty. Yeah. I wonder who I'm referencing there. I have so many choices. That is appalling. Rob Simpson, you're the one who told us we weren't allowed to make too many Trump references. Maybe I was, maybe I was referencing somebody else. I don't know, I'm being unspecific. Hang on, are you saying it's either Kim Jong-un or Donald Donald Trump? What part of I am not being specific is not really getting through. (laughs) Please specifically tell us who you're not being specific about, Rob. No, there's too many layers of specificness. I think I better move on. Otherwise, I'm going to end up confusing myself. Yes. Anyway, um, I mentioned NASA, and it's a good thing I mentioned NASA because NASA's NASA's getting into the chain mail business. Okay, good. That they need to find some use for all the time they're spending not going into space. Is this is this chain mail as in what the knights used to wear? Is this chain mail as in send this email to ten more people? Or are you going to have bad luck for ten years? It's the former rather than the latter, and the oh. knights. The Knights wish they had this chain mail. Uh, NASA has basically been, or NASA engineers have been working on a 3D printed chain mail, which is designed to protect ships and astronauts. Now, I can understand the ship's part, but I'm not sure what kind of jousts the astronauts are getting into in space. Again, I don't think they report too much. They might be having alien jousting fests. It's kind of hard, though, with zero gravity. Yeah. That's the one thing that jousting kind of needs. Oh, you say kind of hard, but it could also be kind of amazing. Maybe that's where they're keeping all of the jetpack technology as well. You know what scientists are like. I mean, imagine I, zero. I they cracked the moon landings. Yeah. That's why they faked it. They got to the moon and they saw everything kitted out like like a Renaissance fair, and they thought, "Well, no one's <laughs> going to believe this." Because <laughs> yeah. on a realistic level. Why would NASA need chainmail? Chain, the whole purpose of chainmail is to stop you being dead when you get stabbed, fundamentally. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, apparently this new form of chainmail that they've developed is easy to manufacture, and they can they can make buttloads of it. It's able to reflect light and serve as a form of passive heat management, and the top looks like a mosaic of shiny uh, of shiny metal tiles, so it's pleasing to the eye as well. Now you're making it sound like a psychedelic 1970s prog rock version of Chainmail. Maybe it is. <laughs> Maybe the NASA engineers were listening to an entire Yes album while they were developing this. <laughs> Maybe Space is actually like Barbarella, the 1960s whatever the hell movie that was. <laughs> Nobody knows. 
Please, yes. It's not like the great white, um, massive expanse of nothingness with no no gravity, just emptiness. It's just campy nonsense with Jane Fonda taking her clothes off. That's what space is. Space is what Every alien is actually naked Jane Fonda. Yes, that's how it works. We we break down barriers here on the Geek Show. We break them all down. So, yeah. I want to be a funky 70s astronaut now. Wearing your chain mail and going jousting for the hand yeah. of Jane Fonda. <laughs> Imagine if reality was like how even half as weird as what we come up with. Yeah. And Donald Trump be president of the United States. Yeah, no, who would have thought that? Huh? Yeah. Well, not only would Donald Trump be president of the United States... Um, you'd have scientists trying to figure out the best way to throw things and coming up with the best solution, which is slowly. Are you linking yourself to another story here? Yes. Sneaky devil, yeah. Now, I, I am, I, I'm not kidding, though. The Royal Society Open Science Journal um, has... Uh, basically, they have a, a piece in there published by some researchers at, at uh, Harvard who found the most accurate throws were underarm and slow, but if you need to throw faster, you need a different tactic, which is a shallow overarm throw. So the basic gist of it, what, the, what they're saying is, cricket's rubbish. <laughs> no, the basic gist of it is, yeah, they're, telling, they're basically saying that if you want something to be accurate, you throw underarm and slow. But if you want it to be, you know, if you need... A higher speed, then you throw it overarm and shallow, like a baseball pitch, which is it's something a... that all kids have known since, like, we learned to pick up rocks and throw them. It's it's one of those things you learn as a child, as well as you know, Spider Man being the best. I mean, the two things that you know as a kid: Spider Man is amazing, and you throw underarm. It's... Well, you throw underarm and it uh, and you know it's accurate, but if you throw overarm, then it's faster. Yes. Yeah. Importantly, who did they do this testing on? Is it pro athletes, or is this like the best way to throw when you have pasty nerd arms? I think this you is know, the best way to throw when you have um, Harvard researcher arms. You know, they have that program in America, and I think they had it in England for a while too. Kids yeah. say the funniest things. Yeah, I think they just change it really. The scientists say the funniest things. Oh, this this is the report actually gets better though. The report goes on to say that humans who learned to throw spears while hunting are unusually good at throwing compared to the rest of the animal kingdom. Oh, yeah, I mean, have you seen a cocker spaniel trying to throw a spear? Exactly. <laughs> now you've just got me picture and jousting with cocker spaniels. <laughs> hey, in funky 70s space, anything goes. I'm sorry, but I'm just remembering <laughs> Labyrinth now. because yeah, everything about that story... It's just kind of, yeah, obviously. <laughs> oh, no. You know, people who throw things to hunt are good at throwing things. Yeah. Next, they'll say people who are in athletics are really good at running. <laughs> I can't wait to write my doctoral thesis on how water is wet. Yep. Yeah, it, it's that sort of, well, yeah, <laughs> level of scientist. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, the, uh, the artic- there was an article about this on the BBC, which... Uh, came to the which which also had the enlightening uh line monkeys also also throw things but they're really bad at it now i would like to deny that i i would like to sorry i would like to uh contend with that statement because i saw the youtube video of the monkey throwing the poo and it landing on the grandma's nose and it was hilarious oh <laughs> stop bringing that up rob <laughs> but the bbc is saying monkeys throw things but they're bad at it Anything except poo. <laughs> a poo, they are grandmasters. That's javelins and, and balls and I don't know, whatever else you throw. Yes. Insults. They're throwing insults. They're really bad at throwing insults too. But poop. Hang on, hang on. How do you know they're really bad at throwing insults? Do you speak chimpanzee? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, that, that's the revelation of the show. <laughs> <sighs> but that's that's like this, I think one of the things that we're doing this it, we, we look at science and technology news and the one thing that we've consistently learned from those two separate threads is one technology is nuts yes and two scientists are kind of stupid yes 
Oh, well, these ones who are like doing the sort of the, the big reporter on you is the ones who are just sort of silently trotting away and doing what they should be doing. Proper exactly what you think scientists are. Yeah. Proper scientists See, who not, do. Not the first story makes sense. Because, like, while other scientists are kind of standing around a baseball going, but how do we throw this good? Some guy in, like, one of the Uber offices is just, oh, that's how perpetual motion works. Okay, time to, like, invent clean energy flight. Yes. Because all the science stories we've been doing recently basically feel like somebody who's decided to have a go at science rather than dedicated their whole life to it. Maybe that's maybe these are all just from, like, bring the children to work week. I'd like to think so. That'd be a nice thought. <sighs> I, I'm just specifying this, because if you're a scientist, it might feel like we're hitting on your profession. And we're not. We're totally not. It's just there's some stupid people out there who are also doing your job. And there are funders out there who fund stupid research. Yeah. Yeah, there is, yeah. Actually, I have a new research project for them. Oh. Are monkeys bad at throwing, or are they deliberately throwing things off to be jerks to us? Ooh. Like when the researcher says, "Okay, monkey, throw the rock at this target," maybe, maybe they're just throwing it into the bushes for giggles. Yeah, because that's how they roll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, follow that with a news story. Yeah, you want me to follow that with a news story? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. James Cracknell is a British athlete and two-time gold medal Olympian, right? For rowing, I believe. Yeah, but he's kind of put his foot in it now. Because he's decided to go down the Jamie Oliver route and tackle obesity. Yeah? Now, this is all well and good. This is all noble sentiments. But um, I think the power has gone a little bit to his head. Because Cracknell was on Sky News and he said, If you think of the two countries in the world who've got... Sorry. If you think of the two countries on the world who've got a handle on obesity, what do you think they are? Which two countries? And the presenter says, I'm stumped there, I don't know. And Cracknell proudly says, North Korea and Cuba. Is he advocating communism as a no as a regime to not be fat? No, oh. what he's saying is that North Korea and Cuba have undergone a behavioural change with regards to overeating, and so there are very few obese people in North Korea and Cuba... The fact that both countries have been under sanctions and are extremely poor and there's very little to eat in general doesn't factor into it. Well, seems like Brexit is for the best then. <laughs> See, I thought he was going to say something offensive, like well, even more offensive, like uh, somewhere which is uh, in the African continent. Yeah, but that's we, like going to... sort of saying something spectacularly stupid like that. Yeah, but I mean, it it's not on that level. Thank God for that. Mm. But it's close. Yeah, it's not far off it. And it's the equivalent of of going to a, a third world country and saying, well, at least none of you are fat. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Because let's be fair, Cuba is basically Cuba. one of those countries where it's got like a really nice capital city, but everywhere around that capital city is basically in extreme poverty. North Korea is exactly the same. It's like Pyongyang looks like a really modern... Um, city like you'd get in that part of Asia it looks like Seoul, it looks like Tokyo it looks like anywhere like no, that no it doesn't look like Seoul it, it, no, no, it is modern-ish you take away all the sort of the, the political stuff no no it's, a, it's modern-ish yeah 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 well yeah Seoul's like a futuristic city basically so is Tokyo I picked bad examples you shut sure. up <laughs> called North Korea communist <laughs> well yeah nobody knows what North Korea is now it's just kind of dictatorist of word right? yeah well anyway pyongyang pyongyang's like a modernish city and the rest of the country is just basically rice paddies and extreme poverty and derelict buildings yeah i'll have you know north korea believes in democracy one man one vote you know kim jong-un is the man and he's got the vote yeah but it's just that sort of level of celebrity where they believe they can comment on, on stuff which they have no clue about the thing is who remembers james cracknell yeah, when you were mentioning him, I thought, that name sounds familiar. You know, if I said Steve that? Redgrave, we'd know who he is. But James oh, Steve Redgrave has earned the right to run his mouth and talk a lot of crap. <laughs> well, not Steve Cracknell. No, James Cracknell, or whatever he's called. <sighs> yeah. See, what does it... I mean, it's great no, that we've got, we like... are quite thin. <laughs> except Kim Jong-un, so what's that saying? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God, is North Korea the uh, the actual... Is North Korea 
Represented by the song Who It All Them Pies. Kim Jong-un is just where the entire country stores its fat supply. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that sort of... It's, I don't want to call it minor celebrity, but it kind of is. Oh. There's so many, like... Once in his era, when he was sort of relevant and uh, working Olympian, yeah, athlete, or you want to call him, he was like one of a few who were actually doing good things for like the team GB and getting like medals consistently. Yeah, but now there's hundreds of them, hundreds of them. Yes. So his his star is diminished. So why's he? Oh, silly boy, silly boy. Okay, um, <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know how to f- comment on this anymore. You could try at least, but I don't want to. But see, now I can do want London to become basically just Havana. <laughs> and are we talking Havana now or Havana in the nineteen fifties? Oh, oh, nineteen fifties Havana. I was going to say good, cool Havana. Yeah, not like everybody... slightly derelict modern Havana. When everybody was pooping the pants after you know the Bear Pigs incident. Yeah, that that <laughs> Havana. There's one yeah, thing London has not done. We don't have to worry about that kind of thing now. I know we have a lot of people listening in London, and no, no offence to you for saying this, but we don't think you poop your pants enough. So, Andrew wants you to poop your pants more. It's healthy. We all do it in the north. It's what all the fashionable kids are doing. Get get yourself a nice, lovely tapeworm. You'll get your recommended daily doses of pants pooping, and you'll shed those pounds in no time. Indeed. <laughs> so there we go. That's obesity tackled. What are these scientists doing? They should give it all to us. They'll sort it. <laughs> well, apparently science is a very, very expensive business. Okay. Do you want to fill in, fill in that thought, or are you just going to leave it hanging? No, no, uh, I, I'm not going to leave it hanging. No, apparently science is a very, very expensive business. So sometimes they need up to £10 million, sorry, $10 million or £7.8 7. million to do stuff, right? And uh, there is a group of conservationists who have put an advert out for uh, on Tinder for a particular fundraising effort. Now, normally you would do something like Kickstarter or Indiegogo or something like that if you were trying to raise money to do something, wouldn't you? Yeah. You wouldn't use what? Tinder. What? Yeah. <laughs> See? Like, like, they've got an advert saying, we want money, but on Tinder... Technically, yes. See, they're advertising a certain person on Tinder. This person is 43, six foot, you know, doesn't mean to be too forward. Uh, He performs well under pressure and uh, weighs 5,000 pounds. Yeah, you can explain that a bit, Mark. Yeah, they put an advert for a rhino on Tinder. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Is it a sexy rhino? It's... It's the last male white rhino on the planet. The last one? Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Okay, I never realised it was that bad for the white rhino. Yeah, um, apparently there are uh, two female white rhinos left, but attempts to make them have been unsuccessful, so now they've advertised him on Tinder. And I know it's like a publicity stunt, but the first question you have to ask is why? (laughs) Because there's a really big community of white rhinos in Chicago, and <laughs> I feel like they just weren't communicating well enough. What? <laughs> I feel like Jeez. there's going to be at least one woman who who is going to swipe right. <laughs> yes. She's either going to be sorely disappointed or just sore. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, but that's the joke that's going to be made in this case. And in my defence... If science had just fixed that instead of how can I throw best, I wouldn't have had to make that joke. Exactly. So shame on you, scientific community. You know, they need to develop in vitro fertilization for white rhinos to try and save the species. The problem is they need £10 million to do it because it's never been done in white rhinos before. And the reason why they don't have the money is because it's all being spent researching how to throw things. But why why an ad on Tinder? I don't know. Did they put it did they put it through a lot of Instagram filters as well, so it looks I don't know. I feel like the white rhino is a hashtag no filter kind of guy. Yeah, I get that <laughs> feeling as well. Yeah. It's just I don't want to be oh, I don't know. It, it, it's one of these stories where it's just kind of beyond words. I 
the idea, you know, raising money to try and save the species, great. Totally applaud that. Just hmm. why Tinder? Because Tinder, it, it, it was um, developed as a dating app. Yes. But then people thought, dating? No, I want to get sexy, sexy times. And that's it. It's become a sexy, sexy times app, not a dating app. And even if it was a dating app, it was the date rhino. Oh my God, what if this is open the floodgates? What if they're going to start matching pandas? Yeah, I don't think there's a precedent really for animal dating apps because, to be honest, I don't know whether we're the only species with opposable thumbs and thing, you know, but pretty sure we are. So if you give like a phone to a, a panda, it'll probably just eat it or something, you know, sit in it, throw it at its friend because it can't throw very well. I don't know. I mean, I feel like pandas being pandas, it would find a way to like clumsily accidentally prank call someone. Probably. And then just sort of in a very creepy voice, that uttering satanic rites. Uh, that or talking like Papalazu. No, no, I mean, they're the dressed like people who like black metal, so I assume <laughs> true. that's what they talk like, too. Because it's not actually black and white fur, that's just a lot of corpse paint. <laughs> that's why, why the never... pandas are always so sad, they're just going through a phase. <laughs> yeah, they can never mate because they spend too much time on the corpse paint. <laughs> we're, we're on to you now, pandas. Yes. Oh, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, we know Tinder's no longer a dating app. We mock because there's literally no other way to sort of process a story of this magnificent level of stupidity. Um, unless you have a story that is an even larger level of stupidity. Now you're writing a big check there, Rob. Well, this involves. But he is writing the kind of check that could revitalize the white rhino population. Yes. This is the kind of story that you really shouldn't see in 2017. The The Australia Tele- Telegraph newspaper, you know, it's a newspaper, so obviously they're in the know. They have the facts. Maybe they have the best facts. We don't know. In theory. In theory. But in what the newspaper describes as an exclusive they revealed that their special investigation had uncovered the dark side of social media and that it was apparently easy to find pornographic material under the hashtag NSFW on Twitter. What? <laughs> it's, it kind of feels like the first, the press is the character we make Rob out to be, sort of really old and he's just discovering technology. No, seriously, let me just read this. This is brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah. This Next is the... week, we type the word porn into Google. <laughs> you won't believe what we find. Basically. <laughs> this is from the article, right? It goes, exclusive. Twitter has become a full porn site with hardcore images and video easily accessible. Cyber experts and childhood psychologists are hugely concerned about the impact it may have on very young users of the service and say it could even be teaching kids how to do various things um, or be putting them in direct contact with various people. A special investigation by News Corp Australia has uncovered the dark side of social media, which should make every parent and user concerned. The hashtag NSFW or not safe for work is one of the biggest harbourers of X-rated material, including explicit videos and images that are not censored or hidden. God, imagine when, what would happen when they find Tumblr. Oh, I, I don't think they could handle it. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, the whole point of Twitter is it's kind of... Well, it's not the point of it, but it's what it's become, basically. But it's kind of self-promotion. Yeah. So lots of people saying, this is who I am and this is what I do. And believe, what was the name of the newspaper? The Australia Telegraph, or the Daily Telegraph in Australia. So the Daily Telegraph in Australia... Right, this is a bit of information for you, right? Porn stars are people too. (laughs) People like promoting their stuff. And if they've got the boobers out and the jelly jelly junkers out, I don't know what that means. (laughs) You know, that's just them promoting their wares. It's not different than a comic book artist saying, here is my new comic book. Yeah. Yeah, Their new comic book happens Lovely yeah. fun bags on full display. It just happens that their their most recent comic book has their fun bags all their wang out. So you know, <laughs> which to be like, fair is basically every single issue of Saga. Yes. <laughs> well, true. Yeah. So yeah, basic gist there. Porn stars are people to Australia. 
hostile to people too. Well, yeah. <laughs> this is a weird social justice theme we're getting going. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we've got like Spiro rights. I said Spiro. That's a Pokemon. Sparrow is the actual animal. Yes. What is reality anymore? I don't remember. <laughs> I'm. Is it? Is it just me, or is this something that shouldn't even be used now? Well, it's just kind of like grandparents discover the internet. Are you sure that isn't what it was? Like it's a column. Nope. It was an actual exclusive news article for the Daily Telegraph in Australia. So it was like, a, this is from like the source. This isn't like a source said, this, like Chinese whispers, you know, that racist stereotype of a game where one story started, another newspaper picked it up, changed it. Next newspaper picked it up, changed it. And it just becomes something else completely. Or is this exactly what it is? A oh, newspaper of, you know, a quite reputable newspaper went on Twitter, found porn and went, oh my God, porns. Nope. And then wrote an article is, about this it. This is in the technology news at the Daily Telegraph, Australia. That's the worst place. It, 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 ah. yeah. Stupid. I think the technology news even by someone who knows about technology. But no, apparently not. I imagine it's the, I mean, we said this before, but most of the modern internet technology has got where it was because of porn. Yep. I imagine that's true of Twitter as well. The porn industry is insidious like that. It just makes everything a success. You're trying to kill the future, Daily Telegraph. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted those vertical flying vehicles just give it to the porn industry they'll sort it out in no time they would powered by Ron Jeremy you won't be a traveling it <laughs> they'll be powered by you'd Ron be, Jeremy you'd be feeling filthy for traveling in it but you know it'll work it'll get you where you need to go yes so I don't know, but now I'm just imagining that like the interior would be wall to wall shag carpet <laughs> and no oxygen <laughs> <laughs> well yeah <laughs> and instead of seats it would be like water beds but a chair Yes. <sighs> yeah, I actually really want a flying taxi cab that inside is like the seediest strip club. That's the future of transportation. You're right though, Rob. This shouldn't be a story. It's it's just like an article saying, news just then, the sex on the internet. It literally is that. It's like, yeah. It's most of the internet. It's broken up into two things. Not three things now. One social media... One's shopping and the other's porn. Yep. And the other two have got plenty of porn on too. Yep. It's just the world we live in. Yes, it is. <sighs> but anyway, uh, moving from one shocking incident to another shocking incident over in Russia this time, when a town in Russia, uh, a town in southern Russia, was shocked, I tell you shocked, when they were hit by a flash flood of fruit juice. Explain yourself. All right. The town is Lebedian in southern Russia, and they have a local fa- beverage factory which is owned by PepsiCo. And an accident happened at the t- at the factory, which caused the roof to collapse, which caused you know, and two people were injured, which isn't funny. The funny part is the what happened after that when the tanks ruptured, and gallons and gallons. And gallons of fruit juice, pink fruit juice, started flowing out of the factory and flooding the town. It's funny that you should link that last night news story to this one, isn't it? Not going to draw the lines. No, no, I, I don't see what similarity there is about sticky juice spreading all over the place, <laughs> getting into all the crevices. Like I said, one shocking incident to another. Ah, yeah, this is just, it'd be more of a visual thing, to be honest, than a... Anything else? It's weird things tend to happen in like uh, small towns in Russia. Yeah, I assume what happened is that everyone in that small town kind of briefly looked at the spillage, went, yeah, and went back to their day, because that is how they roll in Russia. Yep. Yeah, it's like how in New York, how you to see somebody with a film currently. Yeah, that exists. Well, conservationists are worried that the fruit juice will f- leave the town and flow into the river, causing a pollution crisis. No. Well, yeah. Yeah, but that raises questions about how safe the fruit juice was in the first place. Yeah, it's just full of sugar generally, and a lot of things. Yeah, but as bad as it would be for the natural world, can you imagine a notoriously homophobic Russia where the rivers literally run pink? <laughs> <laughs> They'll deny it. They'll deny it. Because that story recently about Chechen, wasn't there? Yeah. 
Hello, we're a bit naughty with the homophobic words. It would have been especially ironic if it was there where it happened. Yes, it would. But yeah, um, the uh, the news story actually says that it they don't know if it was the premium line of juice called Yah or if the, if the spillage, let's call it, uh, although spillage is kind of understating what it was, uh, if the spillage was the company's low-budget brands uh, Fructovi Sad, Frustyle and Privet. Was it dilute or non-dilute? I don't know. If it was dilute and it rained, you know, it'd be great. You know, it'd be people lining the street with jugs. But if it was like uh, just straight fruit juice, that stuff is like the sugary substance on earth. And just looking at it makes your eyes hurt. Yes. It is the taste of diabetes. Yes, it is. Um, remember the other week when we talked about that little robot in London that's being used to deliver packages from one place to another. No. Oh, the shoe boss. Yeah, the little the little robot on six wheels that's trundling around. Uh, was it Southwark or someone like that? And they were trialling it for a delivery firm. Hermes, I think the company was called. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Well, Google, uh, the Google-owned Boston Dynamics, I think, had a look at that and thought, we can do better. And they have a robot dog that they call Big Dog, which is kind of scary and terrifying and has a tail that can fling breeze, box at, breeze blocks at you. The, uh, same br- the same big dog from years ago. Yep, the same big dog from years ago. They're calling it Spot now, because while they may be geniuses at engineering, they're not very good at names. Um, anyway, the four-legged canine was revealed at uh, the TED 2017 conference, and the Boston Dyna- Dynamics bosses revealed that Spot has been delivering parcels to employees' front doors. How big is this robot? It comes up to your waist. So it could be confused for like a normal dog, in size at least. In size, but yes. That's a big dog if it comes like all the way to your waist. Yes, and when I say your waist, I mean your waist, Rob. Yeah, I'm 6'2", so that's a decent sized dog. Please say the employees didn't know that Spot was giving them packages. See, that's what I want to know. I want to know if the employees were in uh, were in on it or if the, <laughs> the dog was just going to turn up. Because that's kind of picky. It just turns up and you hear a knock on the door and you see the red lights of its eyes glowing in the darkness. It doesn't have eyes. That's even worse. <laughs> you just see its empty sockets vacantly staring at you, not saying a word. Just this got electronic... your post in its mouth. You must think, oh my God, this dog ate my postman. <laughs> What's more terrifying? A robot dog that doesn't say a sound or a robot dog that, like... As a weird mechanical bark. It kind of hooked the program, like a general rub, like programmer's voice in there. It's one of the people on the set of the uh, development team. Hello, Cause... Michael. I have brought you your mail. <laughs> that, Ooh, would be, <laughs> that would be horrible and terrifying. <laughs> and that, that is how Skynet started. Yeah. I mean, um... oh, all right, all right. Give Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice. I don't know why. Anything's just yes. better with Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice. It's just it's just basic truth of life. I think that was Skynet's logic in the first Terminator films. Yeah. That's why they all look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So we could, you know, cast somebody who's not a bodybuilder or Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he's a bodybuilder on Arnold Schwarzenegger. It wouldn't want to be that. And that's how robots started. Well, Boston Dynamics also showcased a couple of other robots at TED 2017. Uh, one of them is the Handle Robot, which is a sinister leaping robot that can balance on two wheels. Speaking of robots, did you see that robot uh, that's been going cycling the social media recently? Uh, Russia have made it, and it's able to fight, like, drive a tank and fire guns out of both hands. Yeah. Which is the Terminator. It yeah, is. that's literally just the Terminator. It, it's funny you say that, because uh, Boston Dynamics... Um, one of their other robots that they showcased was the latest version of the humanoid Atlas robot. Now, if you remember, Rob, years ago when we first saw the Atlas robot, it was it looked like a proto-Cylon. Vaguely recall it, yeah. So in Russia, they're making Terminators. In America, they're making Cylons. Oh my God, World War Three is going to be amazing. <laughs> I know. Cylons v Terminators. Whoever wins, we lose. <laughs> See, why couldn't they make that instead of Aliens vs. Predator? 
They're not making Aliens versus Predator anymore. But why ever not? Aliens versus Predator Requiem was such a film. Yes, it was a landmark. It was it was Oscar winning material. You see, the thing is, there though, Suicide Squad's an Oscar winning film, so you know, that doesn't mean much. It's an Oscar winning film. Yeah, I no. believe it was the costumes. See, I look at it and go, but why? Because the Oscars people are a bunch of old white guys and they don't understand these weird superhero films. So, I don't know, let's just give any of them an Oscar. They gave an Oscar to uh, Suicide Squad for Harley Quinn's outfit, which is basically, For Harley Quinn's outfit, was that the reason why? I don't know, I'm just assuming, so... Just basically, hey, 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 hey. That's basically what that whole outfit was. Yeah. Even the film acknowledges that, to be honest. Oh, what if, what if that was like the really seedy agreement? That there's just like some old guy in the corner going, David, if you want the Oscar, those short shots need to be shorter. Are you sure that wasn't Mel Gibson since he has been he was tipped to direct the sequel? That was Vic Raves and he was just rubbing his thighs furiously. <laughs> he was stood on a table while he was doing it. <laughs> that took that took a turn. Yes it did. Because you know, he doesn't do the comedy so much these days, so he's Well yes, because he's, he's too busy being the official short shortness monitor. Yes. <laughs> short shots. Monitor, Yes. Oh. Shall we talk how about did, human rights how, violations? How did we get there, by the way? That's just confused me. I don't know what that story was. <laughs> that was a weird we went one. From, we went from uh, Cylons versus Terminators to Vic Reeves' short shots. Oh, yeah, so robots. A dog robot to short shots. Yes. Only on the maybe geek show. Knows. Maybe he's going to save us all by confusing the robots with the shortness of the short shots. Yes. I'm confused. <laughs> Well, yeah, um, we're heading back to Australia because there's more confusing stuff happening there. Okay. Right. Australia has got its first Legoland Discovery Centre in Melbourne, yeah? And people have been loving it. It's Legoland. It's a Discovery Centre. Take your kids along, your kids can build stuff, discover stuff, learn stuff. Great, yeah? Well... Yeah? Not quite, because uh, they there are sections, right... There are sections of the park that are marketed for marketed to kids from the age of three to ten years. That's fair. Right? And adults without children are still allowed in the shopping area of the attraction, but they're not actually allowed into the attraction. Right? That's fair. Yeah? Yeah. But some hardcore Lego fans have called a foul and are declaring that it's a human rights violation, that they can't go in. And play with the Lego. Isn't it cute? You know, once upon a time, human rights... Um, Meant something? Was, ...was used in a discussion of sort of the civil rights movement. Yeah. All sorts of things. And now, it's because a bunch of bored middle-aged men, I assume, it usually is, you go through that cycle of thinking Lego's amazing as a kid, and then just sort of appreciate it from afar. Then you get into middle age, and it becomes the coolest thing in the universe again. So... Human rights is being used by that because they can't see Lego. Yep. Well, one oh, guy, yeah, one of the complainants wrote on Facebook, absolutely appalled by the fact I was unable to enter without somebody under the age of 16. Lego is not just for children. Oh, my God. Oh, no, 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 it gets better. Lego is not just for children, and I'm sure the majority of people would agree with me. I understand it's a play centre, but I have no, I, no intention on climbing around simply just to look and admire look at and admire incredibly disappointed sort yourself out Legoland. You know what's really and and this isn't the world we live in anymore, but remember how once upon a time you used to have to take somebody who was over like eighteen to see like a movie? Yeah. How the cards have turned then. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and another oh guy you're gonna get like gangs of middle aged adults hanging around the Lego store going like, hey Hey, hey, kid, can you get us into the Lego? Just get us some Lego, kid. We've got these fake IDs. It says we're only 15. (laughs) One guy said on Facebook that he's filing a complaint with the local state Equal Opportunity and Human Rights Commission on the basis that the age restriction discriminates against people without kids. Uh, Human rights violation is a thing that was in the news recently, how how certain employers are... 
firing women if they don't wear heels. They have to sort of the, the legally forced women to wear heeled shoes in the UK at least. Yeah, that That's, is a violation of equal opportunities. It's a human rights violation. That being pro- like denied access to Lego displays. Yeah, because this, this is going back to the first guy. Yes, yes, it is a children's toy. It is a thing made specifically for children. I mean, one guy was a bit more re- logical in his argument. Uh, he wrote that it's a bit of a bad joke on your shop having age limits. When you look on a box of Lego, it says ages from four to ninety-nine. Are they going to stop a hundred-year-old buying it? <laughs> They're going to be a shop assistant. Yeah, uh, you look a bit old for this. How old are you? Can you imagine? I'm 98 and three quarters, thank you very much, Sonny. Can you imagine being ID'd because you might be too old? Sorry, sir, the shop has a challenge 99 policy. (laughs) (laughs) I know they're trying to make it look like it's all-inclusive, but people are living longer these days. Yeah, I know. I mean, I can understand. It's a shop for you know that's selling toys for kids, so fine. <laughs> and and but I don't think it's a human rights violation. Ah, dear me. There's no I real way. People. Yeah, yeah. There's no real way to take this seriously, though, is it? There's no. It's it's just basically people drawing a big target on the back for being a bit stupid. Except that one guy about the age, you know, observation. But yeah, the ones who brought it up as a human rights violation. They just take themselves way too seriously. I mean, to, I guess the one positive is it must be a pretty grim job working in, like, the human rights office. So this is something that'll give them a little chuckle. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a pretty grim job, so you need to take what little joys you can. Yep. Um, speaking of little joys, I found a gem of an article. This gem of an article is about FaceApp. Now, do you know what FaceApp is? No. It's an app for your face. Basically, um, it's an app that uh, that basically is... It's one of those image apps, you know, like uh, Snapchat and whatever it is. Um, Facebook, Twitter, currently overloaded with images of users sharing what they look like, young, old, or whatever. Um, and FaceApp has a particular filter called the Hot Filter, which is designed, allegedly to make you look a bit more attractive. Sounds fine, doesn't it? No, no, it does not sound fine. Why? What do you think? What do you think went wrong? Because I I think everything went wrong, Rob. Everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. And people ended up looking like goblins. Not quite. See, there was... (laughs) For most people, it seemed to work okay. Except for some people, it didn't work okay. For some people, it was decidedly racist. Oh, no. (laughs) What's it done? If you were African-American, say, or African, say, the FaceApp hot function was decidedly racist towards you by turning you white. Oh, dear me. Um... That's even better than the goblins. There's not really much you can say about that, is it? It's kind of its own, you know, it takes to the maker. It, it, it's at expense of itself. It doesn't need us to tear it apart. It's already done it on its own. The FaceApp developers are blaming the AI. and Which they designed. Yeah, which they designed. There's a picture to give you an idea of just how bad. Oh, but that, that has not worked well. <laughs> that, is, that is actually just whiteface. <laughs> no. Like someone's just like... Upended a thing of talcum powder over him. Looks like he's got a really aggressively violent stomach bug because I get really pale when I feel ill. I think if I were them, I, I, I just realise this is a completely unfixable situation. I'd just say that our app has been possessed by the ghost of Hitler. <laughs> oh no, there's a, there's another one that's, that's, that's even better than that. Well, the first one, it just basically looked like he he was pale. He was very pale. Yeah. You know. Like, he could have used the wrong lens. Yeah, very pale, very pale. I like your wording there, very pale. And the second one, basically, all right, it looks like it's turned him into a CG, man. (laughs) It does. He he has anime schoolgirl eyes. It looks like an independent, like, film, which had, like, £20 to spend on CG, but they really needed that monster. 
that he level looks, of CG. He looks like an outtake from the lawnmower man. Yeah, yeah. It looks like Fern Cotton. Because <laughs> Fern Cotton's got like an endless void of nothingness in her eyes. And Faceapp turns this second gentleman into a CG version of that monstrosity. Yeah. Um, it doesn't just do that. It, if you're wearing glasses, it deletes the glasses because apparently glasses don't exist in FaceApp's world. Um, I, I think, FaceApp, you need to learn about a little thing called Spexy. Yes. <laughs> I think before that, it needs to recognise the fact that people of different colours and races do exist. Yes. I know. Uh... That's its big sin, are you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Not not like in hot glasses, attempted eugenics. Yep. It's, it's a 50-50 for me, I think. What if it's a black person with glasses? That's just going to be all levels of offensive. Yeah. And the developer has blamed the AI. And the two pictures in question were, were black men. Is there like a cross-section of uh, different ethnicities that it does this to? Or is it just specifically black uh, men? It seems to be specifically uh, male and black, possibly even female and black. Um, Face App is one of those new apps that's uh, been developed. And the developer was actually on BBC News, uh, sorry, on the BBC, and he was trying to shift the blame to the AI and talking about problems with machine learning and the neural network. Um, But he did say, we're deeply sorry for this unquestionably serious issue. It is an unfortunate side effect of the underlying neural network caused by the training set bias, not intended behaviour. For all the words that you want, it is incredibly racist. But yes. It, it, it's not the racist that is offensive, it's just the racist that is insanely stupid. Yeah, it's that kind of dumb racism that you get from people who just, you know, they they don't know where Greenland is, for example. It's yeah, the Joey Essex. confuse all British no, people for French people. No, that I, sort of level. I, I know what it is. It's the Joey Essex level of dumb racism. Do you want to do a, make a reference to something which exists? Now, I was watching Gogglebox the other day, and uh, they had this clip on of some Joey Essex thing. And... Well, well, question, you're getting ahead of yourself. What What is a Joey Essex? I have no idea. Joey Essex was from The Only Way is Essex. Are you watching The Only Way is Essex, Rob? I no, mean, I was watching... is The Only Way is Essex. Uh, I don't know. I've never watched The Only Way is Essex. I just know of him through uh, third parties like Andrew. Uh, oh, sorry, Andy. Um but anyway, Joey Essex was on uh, this program and I was watching Gogglebox and he'd basically gone to Africa and two questions he asked kind of highlight the the level of ignorance that you need to have for this to be for this kind of racism to be a thing. He first asked what's the equator <laughs> and when the guy was describing to him what the equator was saying, you know, the world has this line going around the middle and then it's separated into the north, the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere and we're now in the southern hemisphere. His second question was, what's a hemisphere? Are his mum and dad brother and sister? I don't know. Is he a comedy performance act? I ho- I really hope so. Or is he genuinely that stupid? I, I don't know. I, d- I can't tell if he's putting it on or not. And if he is, he deserves award. He deserves all the acting awards if he's putting it on. So I'd yes, like to hope he is. Yeah, it, it gives you hope in humanity that that's not actually genuine. Yeah. Final story, and we're finally heading to Japan. Huh? This is the first time we've been to Japan this week. Yeah, I know. That is insane. And a Japanese smartphone developer is making an applica- application and artificial intelligence engine called Self. It features a highly detailed female robot named Ai Furuse and it's had upgraded conversation functionality promising communication close to that of a real girlfriend or partner. Yeah. Uh, But my heart sank as soon as you mentioned detailed female robot. Yep. So basically it's like a voice AI on your phone. Um, no, it's a voice and character AI on your phone. So you see the character as well. It's basically like that gate box thing, except it's on your phone. So it goes everywhere with you. What's the purpose? Because there are sad, lonely men in Japan. Yes. 
The application attempts to model natural human expression using new animation techniques, and the robot character can react to different situations with various emotions and facial expressions, and her conversation library includes over 30,000 words. Did most of them come down to what why all black people should be made white? Because <laughs> apparently AI is racist. <laughs> well... <laughs> I'm curious about what would happen if you let this kind of AI loose on Twitter. It'd become an neo-Nazi. That's what they always do. I'm like a super anime fan. Uh, a neo-Nazi. But apparently, but apparently Twitter has the NSFW hashtag. Would that be the case now? So it, it, on, just to go back to sort of the blurb, 30,000 words sounds like a lot, but it genuinely isn't. It's not going to take into account a lot of things that you can be like broad, generalised conversation. No, because conversation involves experience, and these robots don't have the capability of learning in the way that humans do. Well, on, on a similar foot, you know, relationships are built from mutual things you share. Yeah. Like interests, experiences, all sorts. So an AI with, I'm assuming it's going to be sort of a Uncanny Valley character attached to it. No, no, it's an anime character. Oh, obviously. an even worse, an anime character. What... What experiences, what interests can you really share to have like any sort of meaningful conversations there? I don't. I mean, if she isn't as into bondage as I am, what's even the point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, um, and this is the uh, I think this is the the sad part about this, and also the money making part about this. If you uh, the app is available for free on the Japanese iTunes Store. But if you go for the free version, the app will record three days of interaction with the robot character and then revert back to the first meeting stage after that time, unless the user pays a cloud storage fee. So basically, it's like that Adam Sandler film, 51st Dates. Yeah. But Weeby. Yep. Well, it's not really because it's Japanese. No, mm. but Weeby and real. No, no, Weeby is like... Uh... Usually white anime fans who want to be Japanese, so you can't really call a Japanese person a wave, can you? No, you can. They just look at you funny and go, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's like those white inner city kids who want to be black. You can't... You're not going to use the word, because I'm not going to... It's like calling a, a black person the wannabe of that. I'm getting too many loops here. It's confusing. But you get what I'm getting at. No, actually, I don't. All right, I'll move on then, because that was... a. <laughs> Backfire completely. <laughs> I'm just still hooked on the like almost sadistic idea of having an iPhone girlfriend who loses all her memories after three days. It's like the developers holding your holding your virtual girlfriend hostage, isn't it? And is it like have you seen what was it called? Galaxy Fall? Galaxy Up? No, what's it called? The kiddie version of Rick and Marty. What was that called? Oh, Gravity Falls. Yeah, yeah. His name was evading me a little bit there. There's an episode of that where there's um, an anime-style character from an arcade game who falls in love with one of the characters and gets really psychotically aggressive every time it spends time with somebody else. Is that what's going to happen? Because that'd be interesting. Yes, just it starts cutting off all your calls. A psychotic (laughs) iPhone. Psychotic iPhone girlfriend, yeah. Oh, oh God, can you imagine? extra friends to go out tonight. Oh, no signal. No, no, no. Can you imagine if it finds out that you've got Siri on your phone? <laughs> no, thinks... no, you're not doing that. You're spending time with me. <laughs> it thinks you're having an affair with Siri. I, uh, you know what? One of the fun things to do with Siri. What? Just challenge her. See what? See how much she can, how far she can go. I mean, that's what I do. You know, these people use these apps. Like, if you're genuinely lonely, that's one thing. But I just, you know, have fun at its expense. See, I like the fact that you have fun at its expense when you don't have an iPhone. Uh, iPhones, iPhones are poop. <laughs> if I want to pay £50 a month on something, I'd get something decent. Ouch. Stupid Apple. It's not even a full Apple, it's got a bite out of it. Whatever. My phone girlfriend will understand why iPhones are great. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another point, it's only an iPhone. So is that... Um, is that uh, it's like it's a normal girlfriend, but every now and again she'll come up with some really new marketing spells. You can continue this conversation on the new model of the iPhone. Well, I'm just waiting for this to turn into something like Waifu Wars because you'll have your uh, iPhone anime waifu, then you'll have your Gatebox anime waifu, then you'll have your Nintendo 3DS anime waifu with uh, that 
dating game that's really pop that was really popular in Japan. And then you'll have the dating games, the dating simulations on the PC and the PS4, and then you've got your actual anime waifu from the anime series that you really like. A video game developers just trying to like, and developers just mutually trying to make harems a real thing. I don't know. Well, partly. Are, are these sad weebs going to have to buy like a new body pillow that they can just strap their phone to the front of? Oh, God. There's a little hole in the front where you can put your phone in. Yes. And it becomes like full face mode. Like the full screen becomes their face. Are you sure that little hole is for the phone? I meant for phone size <laughs> face. Like a phone size hole, sorry, not anything else that you might be thinking of, Rob. Dirty boy. You said it. No, never. No, never. You've read it between the lines and all your lines are dirty, so you obviously came up with that. Anyway. Dirty. <laughs> right, so yeah, that's a weird week in news, isn't it? Yes. Mm. What a weird week it has been. The episode titled Not That Kind of Jelly Deal Twix, it kind of prepared us for this weirdness. It did. That, that was kind of the, the do or die moment. We sink or swim and we swam. Just really, with no real like sort an of grace. stroke. Not really any grace to it. Just sort of barely kept our head above water, but we, we survived. And we moved on. I mean, if anything, we were probably more just dragged along by the current. And yeah. we, yeah, we're still getting dragged along, basically. But yeah, that's, uh, I think that's all we have time for, and that's all the news we have. Yes, that is all the news we have. Yeah, so thank you for listening. Um, we have been The Geek Show. Support us in any way you can, whether that's uh, sharing us with your friends, uh, subscribing to us, or any of the shows in our vast network of podcasts on iTunes. Uh, doing something a little bit more simple going to the website thegeekshow.co.uk and checking out the wares we have there whether it's the stuff on the shop or the articles that are written on there but yes that that is everything check us out at the Geek Show I'm mumbling I don't know where I'm going please the show is over now goodbye yes bye <laughs> see you later <laughs> and thanks for listening For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.